No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. We are in the crazy week 13. It is 2021 still, but actually no, it will be 2022 soon. We'll talk about that very soon. And it is season four because it's all exciting stuff. Things are happening. Actually, not that much are happening, but uh, things to talk about anyway. I'm Peter Wilco-Wilkinson. I'm joined tonight by the absolutely brilliant but slow in a roofer with a roof over his head, Alex McKellar. How are you going, mate? <laughs> I'm good. Yes, I'm slow. <laughs> Four wheels and a roof doesn't work for me so well, apparently. <laughs> uh, you had a good result. I will talk about that soon, though. But the other man who's actually really slow with a roof over his head too, Braden Martin. Welcome, mate. Oh, wasn't that slow? Slow when uh, I was yeah. turned around on the side of the track. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> What, what do we, oh, no, we'll get into where you finish soon. Um, but let's get into it. Tonight we're brought to you by Brewster.coffee. Uh, that is the best place to find out where your local cool coffee places are or tell people about your cool coffee places are. Go to the website, give a review, find a review, read a review. Uh, but let's get into the really, really big guts of it. What we've been up to because it's been a week 13 craziness and there's no Aussie car, skip formula, skip barber, nothing like that. It's all, all new stuff. So... Let's start with the man who's written the most in here, Braden Martin. What have you been up to? Bit run us down. Thousand races. How, how, how's it feel in a week? Yeah, been busy. Um, just basically jumping in a few different things. Uh, got a little bit of spare time now for a few weeks, which is nice. So trying to trying to dabble in as much as I can, and I sort of tried to make a bit of a commitment to myself that I'll try not to care so much about my I rating and actually try and do some different things i did two races and then i was already stressing about my racing so it hasn't started well but i did the two races so you know we've made some progress so i did i did do some week 13 races um last week before the new season tipped over and i don't know why i did that it was just it was just absolute silliness i um did a tcr race at watkins Glen and qualified sort of mid-pack and got through turn one and up through the S's. And then before I managed to get to the right hander at the back of the track, someone had driven into the side of me on the straight and put me in the wall. So that was a good start. So then I thought, oh, I was on stream. So I thought I'll jump in and try out the new Formula One car. So I jumped in the the new Mercedes and gave that a whirl around Red Bull ring and got killed before turn one this time. So things were going great. I'd made five turns or not even, I made four turns in two races. So that was uh, really good. And then I thought, okay, well, it's time to go back to something I know what I'm doing in and jump in the Battle of the Little Wings. And I went in the Skippy and qualified like second or third or something and uh, managed to get up into P1. I was about four or five seconds clear after about two laps coming onto the double right-hander at the Charlotte Roval uh, in the little infield section. Um, and an F3 car finally caught up to me and just drove into the back of me like I wasn't there. <laughs> Literally just mowed me down. So... So three races, uh, the furthest I got was three laps. So that was that was interesting. Um, but then the new season kicked over and obviously we uh, went and did the Aussie Car Tin Top Cup, which we'll all talk about in a, a little bit because uh, you guys were involved in that as well. But I really enjoyed racing in the TCRs. It was something different and was a little bit of fun. So I thought I'd branch out and I, I wanted to start trying to do some maybe a bit more longer races or some multi-class races and things like that. So... Uh, saw that the IMSA Pilot Challenge was at um, Road America. Uh, jumped into a practice session. My times seemed like they were okay compared to the people that were in there. So I thought, oh, okay, we'll 
have a go at this and see how we go. Did about 20 minutes practice before we jumped in. I know Road America did lots of laps there around there in the skippy. So sort of know the basic idea of the track and jumped in and did my qualifying, first qualifying lap. And I was like, oh, this feels like a pretty good time. And I was like 2.3 seconds off pole. And I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe not. It was a bit of a reality check. Um, ended up qualifying. I think I was car 11 in the TCR field. I'd, it was crazy. Like it was a 4.6K strength of field, which I certainly wasn't expecting. And if I hadn't known it was going to be a 4.6K strength of field, I probably wouldn't have joined. Um, but yeah, I think I was car 11 for the class, car 13 overall. And I think I finished P13 overall, or maybe it was P13 in my class. So I lost a little bit of I rating, like 30 or something. But it was a pretty fun race. Um, I got uh, like sort of half spun early in the race, which made me lose uh, lose the pack a little bit. Um, and I made a couple of mistakes early, just going off the track a little bit or breaking a little bit too late. Uh, which gave a few people uh, a couple of extra overtakes on me. But the most surprising thing was there was literally not an accident the whole race. And I was thinking like, oh, it's all right. If I just stay clean, I'll pick up positions like you normally do. And no one crashed. I was like, this is ridiculous. So that went well. The other interesting thing was I kind of did the race because it was a multi-class race. And that's something I want to get some more practice at and, and learn how to do a little bit better but the gt4 cars weren't fast enough to catch up to the tcr cars because road america is so long so it ended up just being a single class race because um the gt4s couldn't quite get around in time to to catch us up so that was a bit uh, disappointing i did another pilot challenge race a few hours later uh this one didn't go as well qualified about the same um towards the back was a little bit off the pace uh, and dipped a wheel after about four or five laps uh, onto the grass into turn one or on the outside exit of turn one and spun around and hit the wall and lost a tire. So I had to tow. Um, so that one didn't go so well, came back out and picked up a couple of positions late in the race from other people that had um, had accidents. But um, yeah, it was, it was really fun to do something different. Um, I just really, really wish there was I rating per car because it's hard to really get involved in the race when you know you're so far off the pace and you're not really fighting anyone or any or fighting for anything because you know everyone's better than you. And, you know, although my I rating's 4K, I'm not a 4K TCR driver. I'm not a 4K LMP2 driver. So it makes me very reluctant to jump into all these different races because I know I'm not really going to have a race and I pro I'm probably not going to learn that much either because I'm not getting the opportunity to practice the race craft that you need for these series and, and, you know, really experience what it is to race in these cars. I end up just sort of lapping by myself off the back. So yeah, if there's anything that I feel, <laughs> if there's anything I really wish that would change, I'd really love for that one to be, the first one and, and I, I would assume that it would make people purchase more cars and things like that as well because they wouldn't feel so intimidated to go into other series so yeah well so. look if if not purchase more cars race more that they've got yeah right? that too exactly so yeah that was that was my foray into some uh imsa stuff um what else i took the delara uh lmp2 out around daytona today um sort of in preparation for the daytona 24 hour um i'm glad i started practicing now because it was definitely a bit more of a handful than i thought i was kind of thinking oh you know the delara it's pretty grippy sticks to the 
road like you know glue and sort of roval how hard can it be but it definitely took me quite a few laps to really get into the rhythm and find the braking spots and things like that um managed to put in a time that's probably about one maybe 1.4 1.5 seconds off of um the vrs time from from last year so definitely still plenty of work to do um but it was really fun to drive around and um it's a it's a really cool car if anyone hasn't uh driven it. it kind of reminds me a little bit of an open wheeler the way um you kind of drive it i suppose and and just the the downforce and the grip that it has um so that was pretty cool and then finally i jumped in and decided to try and rescue some of this i rating that i lost over the uh the last couple of days and did a uh legacy uh, legacy yeah legacy phoenix um skippy race which was probably <laughs> one of the craziest races I've been a part of. I did maybe 15 minutes practice before the race um, and butchered my qualifying, uh, qualified P8. Um, I think I was car four. Um, so yeah, I had a really good sort of battle through the field. Um, there was a couple of incidents. There was some pretty, uh, let's call it undesirable driving by some drivers, uh, which I think is going to make a really good YouTube video. So um, I'm going to, once we're done here, going to try and record that and chuck that up tonight. Um, so hopefully it's up by the time you guys hear this, but I ended up managing to get to P2 and had a zero X, which was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, Phoenix road course, good fun. Lots of battling. I love Man. Phoenix road. We need to go there more often. Definitely a good track. Um, so LMP2, we'll, we'll quickly talk about it. The, I put up the schedule for the endurance special events for next season and, no GTE cars in any of them whatsoever. Now, obviously, GTE is no longer in some of those big ones. Is that what your understanding is? I believe it's in none of them anymore. It's definitely gone as, from him, sir. Um, and... As in real life. So basically, GTE yep. is fading out. Um, yep. See, I, I, I half thought, obviously, they've got their, their eight-car limit. Um, do, do we need another LMP2 car? Uh well they do have them they've got the I think they've got the P one well shiny new one maybe but yeah they've got obviously the uh, I don't know if it's called the LMP one but there's the P one car and then there's the the full prototype whatever it is car um as well that they do do run in some series on the service so there is other cars out there but yeah so I just thought I'd jump in the LMP two and then maybe if um. I start practicing now. It forces you guys to choose that rather than going in a slow GT3 car. <laughs> we'll definitely have multiple cars in that race. Um, I don't know. It's 24 well, hours. It's we 24 need to hour a few drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, my um, golden rule for multi-class is always pick the fastest car. Yeah. You know, I'd rather <laughs> go through the, the field. <laughs> one in the fastest car. And you're not actually... Faster still, than the slower cars. Yeah, but you still get to make overtakes, so you feel like you're fast anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'd rather be annoying to slower cars than have slower cars be annoying to me. So, <laughs> um, the other thing is, like, I don't know. For me, just the fact that you're in a race and you're not actually racing to win the race. I know you're racing to win your class, but you're not actually racing to win the race. Kind of just annoys me. So, <laughs> that's fair. So, uh, quick. I don't think we've talked about it yet. The um, actual schedule i found on the forums so um, uh, i put it in the news i put it in the news oh you're in the news how cool is that so we'll be able to talk about that in a sec uh alex so you got plans for any massive enduros or what 
Well, AJ... I know Skippy's aren't involved in, in the Euros. <laughs> well, no, AJ uh, Scolti and I did one of the European um, uh, enduro races. Interesting, uh, it was earlier this season and it was in the LMP2 and I agree, Braden, a lot of the prototype, prototype cars sort of bridged the difference between open wheel and, and tin tops. And um, I quite enjoy them. Like I, I, we did a 24 hours in the HPD and, again, just like driving in a, an open wheeler. Um, yeah, I, I could be convinced if it was in an LMP2. Um, the, the, the team stuff is, is great fun, honestly, uh, to get through a 24-hour race and just finish the damn thing, irrespective of any results, is really, really satisfying every time that I've done it. And... Um, yeah, they're a lot of fun, but I'm stunned to hear that the GTEs are gone, irrespective of what's going on in real life. Over the past sort of, I don't know, two years or so, there's been this real development in iRacing of GTEs. Mm. You know, they had the GT3 thing, and then they introduced all this investment and, and all the rest of it in the GTEs, and suddenly well, that's not a thing anymore, just I, gone. I think... I think they've got a pretty strong partnership with IMSA. Um, I think they just recently might have extended that to 2023. So I'm assuming they're kind of at the peril of what IMSA really want. And I'm assuming with IMSA removing them, um, it was probably a bit of a no-brainer for them, I guess. Because didn't they just, like, release the Porsche? Was it the Porsche GTE just recently? No, I think the last one was the Corvette, wasn't it? The Corvette. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that was still in the last... 12 months. Yeah, roundabout. Yeah, so is there even an official series with them in anymore? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I haven't read through the full schedule completely thoroughly, but I don't remember seeing anything. Yeah, so when commercial interests sort of come into play, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of, uh, it's scary. You you buy these cars to race some of these cars and you enjoy some of these cars. Like the boys loved the Petit Le Mans in the... um, in the GTE last season, and um, to hear that's gone, and sort of, yeah, you, you've got these cars that you want to race, and you want to race fun, but yeah, and, and it's all because someone paid more money. So, yeah, it's like this whole debacle with the painting of the F1 car. Um, people <laughs> getting banned for life, almost. Oh, they got they, banned um, from it. I, I I saw something pop up where someone had immediately painted it in a Red Bull colours, but yeah, uh, there's bannings as well. Well. Yeah, um, it's not as bad as the poor bloke on Forza Horizon 5 who yeah. painted his car with the KFC uh, Kim Jong-un uh, <laughs> paint job and he, he's been banned from Forza Horizon until the uh, eve of the... of it was New Year's Eve, uh, the year 9,999. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Cop what his that. ban expires. So. <laughs> yeah, so like people are... Yeah, I, I remember seeing it somewhere that came out that the iRacing will basically threaten to, to ban people or give them suspensions or whatever for, or close their account for, for now or if they did paint and put it in training paints. Uh, you can... See, that was the original concern with the F1 cars was that every car is going to look the same. And I saw a picture almost straight away of a race with every single F1 car looking exactly the same and just looked horrible. Just one picture of it, cars going down the straight all the same. But um, At least you can you guarantee can... Hamilton will win that one. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can you can obviously change the colour in the thing and, and remove sponsors and all that kind of stuff, which is one good part of it. But just it doesn't. I it tried it. really good to good to do see like your own car like you know you guys having a top split car racing around in 
that and that that's what I my argument was was the fact that you you live this power fantasy of, of racing in an F one team and you, you you sort of don't get that with this I, car. Which is I tried to paint um, them in the paint shop from iRacing and they look like rubbish. They look absolutely terrible. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Everyone I've seen so far looks nothing like the the as good as the the official one. Which yeah, no one wants to see all those cars racing around the same. It's just not fun. Um, so McKellar. Did you? You've done F three and TCRs this week. Let's let's talk about the uh, the F three experiment that you did last week around the Red Bull Ring. Yeah, look, um, can I tell you, uh, almost the best fun I've had in a long time. Um, yeah. Part of it was doing something different. Part of it was, um, can I say, the driving standards were excellent. Um, the the racing was very enjoyable. I always enjoy you know, being competitive. I don't have to win, but as long as I'm not being lapped and I'm competitive, um, I, I really enjoy my racing. Um, you know, there was some pretty strong open wheeler drivers in there. So measuring yourself against uh, high quality fields like that is, is good as well. But my experience in it, uh, uh, like the racing itself, uh, qualified, I stuffed my quality. So I think I started about seventh or eighth in the first race. And just and you know, watching I watched the broadcast back, and once again, Hainsy picked it right. I was just plodding around, <laughs> biding my time in the first race, even though it was the sprint race, and then it just all opened up, and I'm yeah. through, and I'm, I'm I'm finishing second. So that was brilliant. Um, but it just really just took my time, and 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 just waited for stuff to happen more than tried to make it happen because I really didn't know how fast I was compared to some of the folks in there. And once I found that I was competitive, there was pretty small margins and stuff. And I think, obviously, thinking about tyres and caring for them a little bit when compared to the skip where you want to throw it around much more to get heat and everything into the tyres sort of paid off a bit. And then, um, you know, I walked away from race one feeling awesome. Finished second to Cam Dance. I actually had the fastest lap of the race undrafted. So I was I was stoked. Um, second race comes around. Race yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> race two, the top ten were inverted, so I started ninth. Um, and as anyone who'd seen the broadcast will see, uh, lap one, turn two, there was a, an absolute parking lot, and I literally came to a full stop. Waited for the, the uh, so there was sort of on the apex, there was some stuff going on, so I went around the extreme outside. But unfortunately, there was an incident in front of the one that I was dodging that ended up with someone facing the wrong way, and I essentially parked my nose on their nose um, and then waited for them to get out of the way. So I think I was 19th or something after that, and then I fought my way back, uh, I want to say close to, if not into, the top five. Uh, Yeah, six I finished, and again, just plotted away and I had some good racing, uh, really enjoyed uh, the racing I did during the week and the practices as well. And on the whole, the experience is really good and I thought it spoke volumes of either reputationally what Ira's built in Aussie car and what, who it drew out or just the general attitude of the drivers that turned up irrespective of that because, um, yeah, really fun night of racing and um Driving standards were excellent, which is sort of the key takeaways for me. Excellent. It was interesting getting to watch the race, which I believe the race is actually on now while we're recording. I might be actually finished by now. Um, 
it being able to sit back and watch and, and had seen so many different names in there as well, but then all big part for me was watching Vernie in race two lead lead the race from second on the grid because of the old reverse grid and then keeping Dance at bay for a fair chunk of that as well uh, until he self-proclaimed made a few mistakes and and dropped himself back into uh, second or third he ended up in, in third the, yeah. had, had second for a long time there and then just yeah, overshot locked up going into one of the corners and um yeah, got got the third. I, I'm interested from your point of view because it looked like there was a fair bit of tire degradation as you talked about before. But how hard was that to manage towards the end, especially in race two? Look, for mine, first off, before I answer that, uh, top drive from Nathan. Honestly, he talked about making a couple of blues. They're pretty minor, and and that's all it takes to be fair, particularly with the likes of of Cameron Dance there. Um, but Fantastic drive. You, you reverse the field and to finish, you know, pretty much where you started. Um, well, he did actually start a third, finish third. So, you know, top drive. Um, when it came to tyre degradation, obviously, as I mentioned before, it's very different to what it's like in the skips where you just want to slide the thing around to get temperature in and they just get better essentially uh, throughout a race. For me, uh, maybe I'm just a little bit conservative. So whilst I noticed a, a small drop-off, um, I, particularly in the practice I did during the week, I actually got faster as the fuel went down, uh, and my fastest laps were at the end. So, uh, and I found that again last night in practice before the race, Braden and I did at Phillip Island, um, I, I was getting faster at the end of a stint. So yes, I would suggest that it was noticeable. Um, and a, a few people talked about particularly overheating the tires, um, and having to settle down a bit and that costing them. And certainly um, the guys around me seem to be having more trouble, but maybe I'll just drive a little bit more nine-tenths than ten-tenths, you know? I think what I've found is that they are a lot more, um, once you cook them, they really struggle for a little bit. And I know the skippies kind of do that a little bit, but it's like three turns and you're all good. Um, whereas I found the few times where I'd spun or I'd had to like loop the car back around or something, the next couple of corners were really bad and then you didn't really keep that, you didn't really get that pace back until everything had sort of settled down a little bit. Um, that was sort of what I've found driving them so far. And it was kind of like the TCRs as well. Um, one thing I found really interesting was like uh, when you go off on the grass, they don't, the tires don't seem to just clean off. Like as soon as you get back on the track, whereas the skippies, you go off on the grass, you come back on, you drive like you normally drive. Um, and a couple of offs that I've had in the TCRs and, and the F3 car, it's uh, complete opposite where you come back on the track and the tyres are dirty and you need to give them a few corners before you can even drive them the way you were driving them before. Yeah, absolutely. Look, love high downforce, high grip cars, the, the fact that you can push them so much harder. And I think my only piece of advice to someone who loves open wheelers to anyone trying them out is you can push them harder than you think you can, particularly uh, on acceleration and just with minor adjustments to open out the wheel and things. And I think, for example, in our little practice race last night, Braden, that was probably the exit of the corners I thought was yeah. probably costing you most. Yeah. And um, yeah, was, getting on the... Sorry? I was saying to Nathan in Discord, like, oh, another tenth out of that corner, another tenth out of that corner. It just seemed like... <laughs> Every time um, on the exit of the corners, I was losing like a tenth or half a tenth here. Um, yeah. I think for me, I find it really, especially out of the slow turns, I find it really hard to get the throw application right because if you go too hard like in the skipper, you just plant your foot on the floor. If you go too hard on the F3 one, you just spin it around straight away. 
and that's the the skills as we develop through those high, uh, those classes of all the categories of cars. The same, I, I can't get the the pedals right in in GT cars, for example, and I struggle in the in the TCRs as well. But that's it's a different set of skills. The the, the skippy's far more binary. It's the the accelerator's on on or it's off. Yeah. So and that's for the most part, right? There there are nuances in 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 rotation control with the with the throttle and also some corners you can get absolutely better exits from through earlier th- and minimal throttle application and what have you but you know, typically yeah, it's it's fairly binary, which is a big difference. Yeah, we talk about skill ceilings in other games, but um the skippy skills skill ceiling is not as high as the F3. Um and, and it's purely in those pedals. Like you know, when you jump into F3, you're talking about a lot more can be gained by being better at that that skill. So, and as you go up, that, that only grows more. So I've noticed that. Like I've talked about before, doing NASCAR and things like that, um, the throttle application, you know, we're talking about hundreds of a second, but that being so important in, in races like that. So. Yeah, look, and even even potentially, well, I would say even more so uh, categorically is the, is the braking too. So yep. um, I find the the um, trail brake braking, uh, and even at, at Phillip Island again last night, the trail braking through some of those corners was really vital. Um, and it's you do trail braking skippies. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I don't enter corners in the skips fast enough to be really nuanced in in um, or proficient in trail braking. I'm getting better at it. It's something I'm working on, but certainly I find it more when you're entering a corner a lot faster, like you're doing an F3. It's something that you sort of try and adapt to pretty well, a bit quicker anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You do notice when you get it right too, like especially in that TCR car, getting the right, A, the right throttle application and the right brake combination, to, especially around Phillip Island, some of those big fast corners, you know, it, you, you feel massive difference. Like the car, physically feels like it's handling so much better just because you, you're using 10% throttle and you're using 10% or, you know, 80% throttle and 10% brake rather than no throttle and, and 30% brake. Uh, it makes a huge difference. So, yeah, well, I've, I guess I'll talk a little bit about my experience. I went, uh, chased a whole heap of new content uh, for week 13, except for the F1. Um, I did some stuff around the, the new Watkins Glen layout, which cool you don't go off in turn one as big anymore because the road there's off track limits and stuff like that and there's slowdowns and things like that the the, the track looks nicer it looks looks up to date and doesn't look like the old Watkins Glen that's just sitting there but I just I don't think I like that track I just <laughs> can't, like I liked it before it was, it was good fun when we did skippies there but I was racing the TCRs around there and I just I was off the pace by like two or three seconds and just couldn't get the feel to it, especially with the bus stop in there, um, which w- the boot, w- which we took out, sorry, for for skippies. Like, that made such a difference to the track. And then having that in both layouts uh, that I tried to race uh, just put me right off it, and I, I just couldn't get it right. I don't know if it was just because it looked different and I'd just done so many laps around what the old Watkins <laughs> that it's different and unusual, so... I didn't like it, but yeah. I had the same feeling. Like I was like, oh, it looks cool, but it's not the same. And now it feels weird. So um, <laughs> the one thing I didn't like as well was um, you, you got the off track now at turn one, but now there's no gravel at the left hand of the second or last turn. 
outside mm-hmm. on the right it's all concrete so people just running out there wherever they want and there's no consequences is <laughs> ridiculous yeah no it's it's definitely changed the character but i didn't do the lot <laughs> I, I was doing tcr i forgot that the tracks change every day and um so i went to do i went oh, okay i'll give watkins another go but i'll do it in the i must have been in the elantra i'll give it a go on the civic this time and see what time i get and i started going around the sweeping right hander and i'm like oh shit there's witches that's here <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, I'll try and go straight. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm just dumbing out. Um, but I completely opposite, went to Knock Hill. And straight away, as I said, I, as I realized last episode, that I'd actually driven there in, in Project Cars and done a fair few laps around that place and immediately felt at home on, on this track in, in both the Honda and the Elantra around there. And um, young Sam, the cowboy Devantia, was in there as well and i'm actually doing faster lap times than him and i'm sitting there going okay well this feels good and then all of a sudden i, I look at this person in front of me that's not getting away from me i realize that looks like an altus car and i'm like oh, look at the time the relative i'm like oh that's caruso and him and job stewart are there racing around and i'm sitting there not losing any time from him but um feeling really confident around that track all of a sudden and i'm like here we go i've got some pace in it in a tcr car but it just seemed to be that I, I had a little bit of extra knowledge of the track more than anyone else. But the, the watch, like I got a, I can't remember what time it was, but I got down into the, you know, point eights of whatever it was, and he got he was getting flats by the end of it. Like it looked like him and Joe were just having fun, literally having fun. They're hitting every corner they possibly could, throwing that thing around like it was no one's business, off the track more than they're on the track. And this is what I was about to say to you before we, Braden, when you're talking about. When you go off the track, it felt completely different when you come back on. I had a completely different feeling at Knock Hill in particular. I was almost driving that track like a rally track. Like if I went off and then came back on, I just get the foot down all that way and, and just cruise back on and it was fine for the next corner. It, was, it just seems to be the way that track flows because it's so ebbs and flows and there's there's enough of a, an off uh, to, to get back on and um, especially some of the corners where it's only they're only small corners. So if you go a bit wide, you're fine, um, and there's gravel there sometimes and things like that. But it felt really good. And then I'm watching Job and Caruso come in the last corner, and Caruso's just decided to go through the pits and then come back out at full pace. So we obviously got a black flag flying through there, but it was just fun watching these two just have absolute fun and just being right behind them like a second second or two and just watching the whole way around. But such a good track for, for those two cars as well. So jumping Whoa. around hitting the bumps was really good. I should, prob- I should probably <laughs> give a formal apology to poor old Knock Hill because remember when I saw the track map, I was like, well, this yep. just looks like an incredibly boring <laughs> track, doesn't it? But it does actually look pretty fun. I haven't driven it yet, but um, it does look like it's going to be a pretty fun track to, to drive in. I reckon yeah. it's going to be a great skippy track. Like, I think it looks like oh, it'll yeah. be a lot of fun in the skippy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the one thing I am a little bit concerned about, though, is the IMSA... Um, lmp2 gt3 races go oh, there no this season like that is going to be ridiculous there is going to be lmp2s plowing through gt3 cars <laughs> like pretty sure just it's sending 50... them everywhere the tcrs are 52 or 53 second lap for memory <laughs> and um and and it just feels short like you can almost see the whole track from any point of the track but that first complex, so you've pretty much got to go into pit lane exit to get it wide enough to, to get over the curb and then down the hill. But it is a blind drop. 
So if you do get it wrong, you hit the wrong part. You get launched for starters, <laughs> and then secondly, you 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 you're not aiming at the the apex of turn two at all. But then by the time you get to the bottom of turn two, like you can almost take it flat turn one. But by the time you get to turn two, you're really trying to line up turn three and almost um, breaking downhill at an angle to try and get to turn three right. And turn three is pretty fast if you get it right. And then it's not straight <laughs> for the rest of the track except for one little back bit, which is then into the heavy braking area of turn to the last turn, which is an uphill <laughs> in incline. It's almost like a, a reverse cutting uh, at going going up and back onto the onto the main straight again it's just i love it so much fun and like i said bumping around and jumping on the grass and the tcrs and and not losing pace when you're doing it is um was really good the elantra in particular the the honda you can't take there because it you hit a curb and you're sideways and almost rolling it so which we saw in a few videos don't don't get the honda if you don't like if you like to jump on curbs because it's not going to like it at all uh but as for TCRs, we did two things in the TCRs, I think, all together. We did a Friday night community night uh, practice for the Tin Top Cup. Um, we had fun, at least, didn't we, Braden, on that Friday night? Yeah, fun until someone murdered someone else, right? Did I do that? <laughs> no, I had to kill oh. you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we look at the replay, and, and I think we end up getting you in chat, didn't we? Or, or yeah, on, it's like, on stream, yeah. Someone's sitting there going, McKellar's broken at the 50-meter mark of the, <laughs> well, the hairpin. i got to tell you, I, I I was getting close to breaking at the 50 anyway, but I actually thought it was the 100-meter. And it's the second time in two weeks I've, I've made that mistake. I talked about it at Brands Hatch, right, and then I did the same thing here. And I figured out what it is. I figured out what it is. So if I'm on the, the right-hand side of the track and the brake marker's on the left-hand side of the track, just don't be anywhere near me. Just you know, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not making that corner. Just saying. Oh, so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was fun. That was funny. I um, I did make the joke that it was like kind of like a replay of Barcelona, but <laughs> just no points on the line this time. So, but, hey, yeah. but hey, my car still worked. My brain didn't. That's all. <laughs> True, my car, uh, did, my car definitely didn't work. It needed yours after that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, yeah. it was. I think we had, uh, we called a safety car at some stage. I can't remember what for, but um, just for yeah, fun, was, probably. Yeah, it was it was a fun little night. Thirteen people. Thank you to everyone who turned up. If you are keen, I don't know if I'll be doing this Friday, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, they've been been fun little things. But let's get on to the actual Tin Top Cup. Um, who wants to start there? Because I know Braden had a really bad result. So we can start with me because mine will be short, sharp, and shiny, I suppose. Um, yeah, You're not I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So well, it was it was interesting. I I think we'd sort of joked earlier in the week um, before we'd done the practice session on the Friday night, the practice race, where I sort of said like, I'll be happy if I could make the top 35 top 30 like if we 40, if there's yeah. 50 cars top 35 <laughs> top 30 i'll be pretty stoked with that um and you know i did okay in the little practice races we we're doing but i didn't really know what to compare that to i know that tim uh caught pretty quick in the um tcrs he seems like he's got pretty good pace and i know he ran the aussie car series quite a bit um back before the whole locked on thing uh took off so you know, he was a kind of a good judge of pace and I was sort of up around him, but I still didn't know what everyone else was going to be like. Um, so when we jumped in and qualified and um, managed to stick it in P7, which I was super stoked with, um, 
got a really good start off the line. Had to dodge, I think it was Josh Anderson, who didn't get it off the line at all. Um, so I had to dodge him. And then I think it was Caleb Hides. I don't know if he had a problem or had a bad start or I don't really know what, but he was hugging like right to the inside of the um, straight coming into turn one. And I didn't realize how slow he was going at the time. So I kind of went to try and sort of tuck in behind him and make sure I held the inside line and stay really close to the curb. Um, so I didn't wash out and hit anyone on my outside because there's about 4 billion cars. And as I sort of went to go in and tuck behind him, I realized he was going really slow. So I had to kind of get out of it. And as I got out with it, I sort of gave the person next to me a little bit of a bump who then continued on and gave someone else a bump and kind of caused that whole <laughs> whole problem oh, at the start. So yeah, I think it was kind of a little bit of my fault. Um, not intentional by any means, um, but just lack of, I suppose, awareness of the size of the car and not judging the speed of Caleb on the inside. Um, thankfully, I got through it okay. <laughs> I ended up uh, in fifth spot behind Tim, um, who was in fourth at the safety car and was sort of like, well, how good's this? Like <laughs> sitting in the top five, call the race now, win myself 20 bucks, you know? <laughs> um, and after the safety car restart, didn't get a great start. Uh, I um, missed the gear a little bit, like just held it in, in gear a little bit too long. Um, Kobe got a good run on me and shoved it up the inside at turn two. Um, he was being pretty aggressive, which was fine like and I, I think you know like I said one of the reasons why I want to start trying to do some of these other races is it's just like I, I wouldn't expect someone to do that in the skippy because if they hit you we both die you know but in the TCR it's okay you know you can put your car there and if you rub doors a little bit you get away with it and you know it, it's aggressive but it's fine you know so you know Maybe if I was a bit more experienced, I might have been able to defend that a little bit better. But he got up the inside and I think the person behind him saw, oh, geez, this guy's a bit soft. <laughs> so he sent it up the inside <laughs> of the hairpin and all of a sudden I'd lost two spots. And I'm like, oh, crap, Like this is going real bad. Um, we get down the to the back towards, is that hairpin down the bottom called MG? Is that right? Is that MG? Yep, get down uh, towards MG. Uh, I was sort of on the inside of the left-hander and kind of wanted to position my car in the middle a little bit just to... Um, not, I suppose, give any incentive to anyone to stick it down the inside of MG. And as I sort of come across, the person behind me just tagged me in the rear and, and spun me and put me on the side of the road. And unfortunately, because it was straight after the safety car restart, there's about 45 cars to go past me before I could get back on the track. So ended up right at the back. I was pretty annoyed. I wasn't annoyed like because I knew it didn't really mean much. And, and, and um you know, I probably wasn't going to hold on to fifth place and win myself any money or anything like that. But I, I think I was just a bit disappointed because I'd, I'd actually put in some time to practice and I was going okay and kind of surprising myself. So I was a little bit, you know, salty and I was like, oh, stuff it. I'm just going to park it up. And Nathan had to talk me off the ledge and <laughs> tell me to keep going. There still could be another safety car. So I plotted around with my broken steering. And I guess the worst part of the getting... Uh, hit from behind is it sent me straight across on the grass and out of all the cars I got to hit I hit Tim like, I had zero <laughs> control so not only did I get taken out I also then proceed to take out the other locked on car in the top four um, as well um, so yeah plotted around and and waited the safety car came out I was in like 33rd or 36th or something so I uh, went into the pits, took my fast repair and took fresh front tires. And it was so much fun coming from the back, going through everyone on old tires. Like I had so much more grip than everyone 
Um, and I was almost up to 20th. So I'd come from basically the back up into 20th and got a really good run onto the straight, um, but didn't quite time it well enough that I could get underneath the two cars in front and kind of got pushed uh, wide out to the outside, was right up on the bumper of the car in front of me, trying to sort of give him a bit of a bump draft push to, to get him past the car in front of me and hope that he'd sort of move over and I'd get the run. But um, the car on my left literally boxed me in right behind him. So I've got the car directly, like our windows are basically touching and then my front bumper's touching the car in front. And I thought I actually spun the guy ahead. But when I went back and looked at the replay, it looked more like the car on my left sort of bumped me and got himself a bit wobbly. And as he got wobbly, hit the car in front of me, which spun him off. But I thought, I 100% thought it was my fault because um, I thought that I'd done it through the bump draft and I felt bad. So I just drove into the pits and called it a night. So I ended up like 45th or something. But yeah, it was a bit of a what could have been race. Um, but it was it was fun. Like it definitely it definitely made me want to do some more of that kind of racing, whether it be the TCR cars or some GT3 or try and jump in the LMP2 more, just something different. It was a different skill set from the skippies that I think I'm lacking um, and is definitely something I'd like to explore in some way. Yeah, I, th- I think the huge difference too is I, I enjoyed racing with 48 cars or 47 cars. Yeah. Like you yeah. always seem, even with when slow like me making mistakes, you always seem to have a car around you that was having something. It was either you were trying to overtake them or they're trying to overtake you. Most of the time it was like two or three cars trying to overtake you or you're trying to overtake two or three cars. And um, yeah, that was that was just phenomenal. And just having the, having learning the awareness you need to drive in that kind of traffic, especially on restarts, uh, especially at Phillip Island when you're going around turn one, two, three, four, with that many cars next to you and um, knowing that Alex McKellar is going to dive deep on you and probably take you out, then... Um, oh, turn it up, Rebs. <laughs> it, it, that, that in itself is a massive skill set that I enjoyed. Uh, but McKellar, take us through. I, I didn't get to see much of your race, but I kept on seeing your name up, up further up than me, that which got me angry. But what happened? <laughs> uh, look, I get qualified poorly. Uh, I'm just not fast in them. I think I started 29th. Uh, but I've decided... Finally, and ultimately, I'm not a fan of the random safety car because it doesn't suit my strategy. So <laughs> uh, you can keep that. Um, my, I was uh, told it wasn't a random safety car, though. It was actually well, called by Jono because things were getting too heated and he wanted to cool everyone down. Oh, really? Well, okay. I, saw, I saw that written as well. I don't know where I saw that. No, I don't know if Ira... It was on our Facebook page. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I think Ira's had a mistake there. Because <laughs> there was the chance between 5 and 25 that, you know, there was going to be yeah, a percent chance. So I don't know why Jono would then just call one when there was no incidents, no nothing. I, I don't know. I think... I the think, safety car brings it back together, which yeah. is fine, right? I think yeah. Ira is being generous to to Jono. He did a great job in race control. Don't remember get me wrong, Ira listens. Don't... don't bad mouth him, mate. <laughs> I know he's listening. I'll tell him. <laughs> um, back the other week when we said something. So don't... Uh, <laughs> I think he was just being extra kind to Jono, who did a great job on the night and he did. and pumped up his tires a little bit more. Uh, but um, <laughs> I, my I think that the the safety car was called randomly but hey it worked it was it was more fun for me so if it was if it was on per, uh, on purpose 
GG. I do remember a lot of calls from for race control around that point, though. So Man. obviously, I couldn't see what was going on, but there was definitely race control, race control, race control, and I can't remember what was around that period. But it, it yeah, we'll see. But, but Keller, <laughs> back to the not liking the random safety car. Which, <laughs> I, look, I, I've I see both sides of it. I don't really care. Um, it always helps me at the back of the field, but um, I can definitely see where it's not fun for everyone. But how, how did you go otherwise? Well, yeah, firstly, um, you know, full pump to race control solo, 48 cars, um, you know, well done. I don't, I don't know whether it was random or not. Uh, I assumed it was random because it was said that there could be one. Um, but, yeah, look, so I essentially did the same thing as I did in the F3s and was just plodding around. So I was, by the time the... Um, the second and what I assume was random safety car came out, uh, I was up 15 positions into 14th and potentially having a crack at a top 10, which for me would have been a remarkable result. Out comes the safety car and all of a sudden um, all those people that went off before that I'd taken advantage of were suddenly not just zooming by me but elbows out, sort of get out of me way, you slowpoke and all that sort of stuff. So which is fine, but I've got AJ in my ear as well. And and Ben was watching, Ben was in the Discord with us and he's just saying, it's not Skippy racing, mate. you got to get used to that, you know, and all, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, look, on the whole, I did about as well as I could expect, honestly. I finished uh, inside the top 20, so I was up 12 positions, I think, and finished in 17th, which I was, you know, satisfied with given uh, my self-proclaimed slowness in, in the tin tops. And, you know, I was pretty impressed with the uh, the amazing turnout, um, some of the quality of the drivers in there. Um, certainly learned a few things about the, the Rubens racing concept as well. And, you know, on the whole, uh, again, I think the racing standard was very, very good. It was a little bit of a shock to my system with all the, the bumps that you get in one of those. But, again... It's probably, you know, just my experience in open wheelers where you don't do a lot of that versus, you know, any perception that the driving standard wasn't good. Because I think it, it, when you're experienced in that style of racing, you would have probably walked away feeling, you know, standard was really good. And I think when you compare it to like, for instance, when the Formula Vs had 35, 40 cars, the fact that we had, you know, near on 50 cars, the incidents that happened weren't really that bad, to to be honest. And like even me, who got taken out from the front the front of the field, like it was an easy mistake, just yep. a little tap in the back, and you know sent sent me around. So, um, like when you compare it to some of the stuff we've seen in, for instance, the Formula Vs or just other series that you see around the place, like uh, for instance that MX Five League, who was getting you know that many cars um, on the track, I think it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I was I was yeah, impressed by that. The one thing that probably hurt me the most was um, in the last, a second to last lap, AJ's been following me around a bit down on top speed, and then he just sends it up the inside. That <laughs> look, I can live with that, right? AJ's going all right. He goes all right in most things, right? But then, just for the sake of that position, he picks up two more from offs that I would have got if I was in that position, right? So suddenly he goes up to 14th and I'm stuck back in 17th all for the sake of that one thing. So anyway, it was nice to have a – I thought there for a little while we are going to get a top split, you know, one, two, somewhere down the middle order, but, you know, such is life. Yeah, look, I I think the, the race highlighted things like 
like you just mentioned about small mistakes costing people a lot and um not not just not spinning it we're talking about but you know just an off here and off there um to the point of where i had alex john in my mirror for about three laps which was a good feeling that he was in my mirror for three laps not just <laughs> two corners which is normally the, the case um well, and then having you yeah, that's it. Uh, and Sean Doyle in his rearview mirror, which is probably why he was not in, not getting past me because he's too busy trying to hold on <laughs> Sean Doyle. Um, but knowing, like holding him back for a little while and going, okay, cool, I've actually got this, let's keep going. And then knowing that I made a mistake where I put the foot down too early coming out of a corner, which got some spin, which sent me wide, which meant I had to check up. And then knowing that going into, I think it was turn two that that, that, that that happened so coming out of turn two i knew that alex john was down the inside of me at, at turn four no matter what i did um just for the way the thing was and that was my mistake it wasn't you know that i was slow it's just that i made a mistake but then that obviously put sean doyle basically down my inside as well but then we had a bit of a thing of okay coming out of uh four all the way uh across that back back bench straight up to mg and you know me and sean are side by side and going around corners and I'm I'm not giving up but obviously the, the when I got to MG he's the inside and I was a little bit slower trying to hold the inside of uh, the the inside of the the left hand and he's got the inside for the right hand uh, and just got away from me there and um uh, but but having that experience when with people you know and that you know are faster than you was was a good thing but I started I I had terrible issues before the race I had no audio for a while uh, about three minutes or five minutes to go before the race, my headsets just went flat. Apparently, I forgot to charge them. Mike had already gone flat, so I'm like, I wasn't talking to these guys in Discord for all practice, and then this isn't going to work, so I had to grab my headphones from my other one and magically put them into this computer and hope that it worked, and then it worked, but not quite. I had to do all the settings anyway. We got it going Um as qualifying started, so I was probably about a minute behind qualifying starting, jumped in, did qualifying, but forgot I had my Enduro set on with 60 litres of fuel in there. So I was doing quality with, with the worst possible set I could possibly have. So I ended up qualifying 43rd out of 47. Um, we had 48 there, but Mark Jeffrey decided to pull out because he, he, he was practising Bathurst all week and then turned up to Phillip Island. I felt for Mark on that. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> and he's got what tracks this? Oh, no. <laughs> I, did, I did see that. I, did. I half had a chuckle, but half had a, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, it did. Um, but, yeah, 43rd on a 47 grid. And literally my my practice, I was went down the end of turn four into the runoff and I was going to sit there and practice my starts because I'm like, I haven't practiced the start on this. And I'm reading up in the notes this is how you start the Elantra. And then my, that's when my audio went flat. So I got back and I, I think I had one practice start before it went. And I'm like, oh, no, that's I was in, in pit lane in, in quality practicing my start in, in the pit lane. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So I uh, bogged it off the start and, and Leon who was next to me or behind me just flew past me. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's impressive. But um, by the time we got to turn one, everyone had caught up. Uh, I caught back up to everyone and then turn two, not only caught up to everyone, but I think at the end of turn four, I was in 28th um, from 43rd. So uh, it was just a matter of avoiding everyone. And then I had, I realized I, I'm looking in my mirror and there's, there's a locked on car going like this, just following me around. And here's Cal literally in my, in my shadow, just 
okay, he's going that way, I'm going that way, I'm going this way, and we just dodged our way through both of us up about 14, uh, 14 or 15 places. By four live and, live and die together, comes. right? Live and die together. That's it. So then safety car gets called, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I could have had seconds on these guys. Could have had, you know, 20, 30 seconds on these guys, but now we're all going to get it back. So um, the, the problem with starting in 29th on the, the restart is you're coming out of the final turn or the the, the final left-hander before you sweep around the thing and all the car, it's already green flags and, and the cars are there already spread out like two or three car lengths because <laughs> you can't put your foot down when the green light goes. So, um, yeah, that was that was an interesting start for the, both of them from way back there. But, uh, look, raced pretty flawlessly the whole way through. Um, didn't need to conserve fuel because we got the numbers right. Didn't need to conserve tyres because they just seemed to go better than than my practice runs. Um, but had two offs on turn two. Uh, one of them was just I was a bit aggressive tailing someone, thinking I can actually get this guy, so I'm going to keep right close to him and either make him make a mistake or get it get an inside turn. And then forgot my braking marker for turn two and found myself sliding out. And then by the time you slide out, that camber's away and you're gone. So. Mr. Breaking Marker, mate. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> no, there's no breaking markers. Um, but but went off and then just drove, kept kept it around, didn't spin or anything like just came back on onto the straight to turn three both times. So just lost, you know, two or three or four seconds. But that was about three or four positions each time. Um but yeah, worked out to the end, got 29th, I think. So top thirty was what I was after. Got top thirty, up fourteen positions from the start. Can't complain with that. Car was pretty straight by the time I got it back in. Didn't do any damage to it. I don't think I even really hit anyone. Um, but, yeah, definitely had some times. I think I was battling with Craig Kerman, but he had steering damage. Um, but then just I think I had Theo uh, uh, at the end. Um, watching him, I had him about a second behind me most of the last three or four laps. And then once again just made a mistake going into turn four, the hairpin, and over overshot it two laps in a row, which gave him like half a second or a second. We put him right on my tail and by then he got, got ahead of me and I could have had that one extra position, but not quite. So overall, happy with the, the night, really good fun and, and can't wait to do more TCR. It was until yesterday, was was actually talking about jumping in and doing some races, but um, haven't stopped working since that, that thought had to my head and here we are tonight. So... Yeah, What's the verdict fun. then on the uh, on the the event, the Aussie car event coming, all the series coming out? Well, are you always going to sign? So, up? look officially, I can let you know right now because we're not going to release this, but um, till till probably then. But Friday, um, uh, entries go up for the the official touring car, the TTC, um, TCR, whatever they're going to call it, uh, Aussie car series, which will be um, early next year. So all the track layouts are apparently finalized uh they're just waiting on a few sponsors to, to be finalized but at this stage um yeah it's, it's good to go as of friday um sorry ira if i wasn't supposed to say that but you told me i'm telling the world it's all good um brayden are you in or out i think i might be i, I it's it's hard because I've got lots of time at the moment, so I feel like I can commit to all these things and it's not a problem. And then, you know, come, you know, four weeks' time when I don't have all this time and it might be a little bit more difficult. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was talking to Nathan, I think it was on stream, and I was kind of saying like, maybe do I give Skippy officials a miss this season? And and you know, the time I would normally spend on the weekends doing my three or four Skippy officials, do I do I park that up and use that time to practice for the TCRs, and then that way I can race the TCRs on the Monday or whatever it is, and then the rest of the week I've got time to practice for Fozzie Carl. I. I I think I'm good enough in the skippy now that I can only, you know, I know most of the tracks where they're going to go um, unless it's a brand new track that I can sort of do my 20 minutes practice and be pretty competitive in most of the officials if I did want to jump into them. But the problem is if I don't do a, you know, a good hour or hour and a bit practice, I'm not fast enough to beat these guys like Alex and Alex and, and Ben and, and those guys. So if I still want to do the Aussie car skip barber series, I still need to have some time where I can practice those tracks because I can't just rock up and I'll, I'll be competitive, but I won't be, be fighting for podiums. You know, I might be hanging off the back, trying not to lose the draft or something like that. Um, but then I did the official today and it was so much fun. And I was like, well, how can I, how can I give up skip the <laughs> officials? Um, so I don't know. I, I'd like to think I will. Um, I just need to work out how there can be more days in the week or more hours in the day or something along those lines. Um, Michaela, what what's your thoughts? Are you adding a fifth regime to your your calendar, or what are you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm undecided. I uh, uh, honestly, I've got so much going on that I, I don't know if I could commit to just trundling around versus wanting to get better at something. If I do do it, it'll be because I want to get better at something other than a skip and uh, something with a roof on it. But uh, I was talking to AJ actually during the week. I said, oh, I'm going to do this stuff with Christian Perez and I'm going to blah, da 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 And, and he said, mate, you, you're already doing all this stuff. You'll be the Skippy something. Or, oh, I can't remember what he said. But it was basically, um, you know, alluding to the fact that I'm probably doing too much. So yeah. um, that's probably the, the main contributing factor. I really liked, I really enjoyed the, the big grid. I really enjoyed... Uh, doing something different as I am with the F3s. It's, you know, whether I enjoy it enough to live with not being competitive, which is something that always bugs me when I'm yep. not competitive. I don't mind not winning. I just want to be competitive. Yep, that's fair. Um, I, always, I, I always said that once CCRs were announced, that that'll be my fun third series that I can just jump in and do for fun. And then all of a sudden it blew up and it's not really a, a series meant for for that anymore especially you know with the size of the people and the amount of people so yeah i would be just rocking up at the back of the field and watching people fly off um i think as far as the format went i liked the tin top cup i would have liked an extra probably half an hour to the race um to see if tire degradation actually really became a thing or fuel actually became a thing uh once we realized there was 100 liters in the tank it sort of killed all strategy we, we we all almost thought we had for the race and um and, and seeing the 75 percent of tire was left at the end of 45 or 50 minutes sort of killed all that kind of stuff as well but i would like to see a longer race and yeah. that would excite me more about tcr i, I think. think just some fuel restrictions maybe might have made made it interesting it would have meant that at the very least if you you didn't maybe need to be so aggressive to force your way through the field you could sit in the draft and lift in some corners and you know maybe you could save some fuel and get the job done in the pit stop um 
Having said that, from my experience of pitting under the safety car while everyone else had um, old tires and I had fresh ones, the pace differential was was very, mm. very big. Like I was carving through the traffic. But the, there was like seven laps left or something yeah. and I'd made 19 spots or something crazy. So The, the problem with that became a 43-second differential to yeah. do that if there's the no safety race. car. So yeah. it became null and void. Cool, you get a second a lap or maybe two seconds a lap in a 31-lap race. Yep. Like, yeah, you know, it needs, needs to be longer or you need to be gambling on safety cars. So Yeah, the yeah, tyre so change duration was incredible, yeah, honestly. Yeah, so long. Yeah, so I, th- I think, look, that that would be cool and, and that would get me excited a bit more. We'll see what happens with that. But it, it after th- after mon- Monday night, was it, it was Monday night, wasn't it? Um I'm definitely thinking about it more than my V8 at the moment and because I think it is also a stepping stone towards getting to those faster cars at something that I definitely need more. But, um, yeah, we, we will see. And uh, as Mikella just alluded to, he's taking on too much. I'm definitely taking on too much. Yeah, so. that's it. That's it. But, look, the, honestly, the, the popularity of that was amazing. I think it will be a tremendous success whether you, me, or anyone else is in it basically because – Top end of town was great. The middle, like I had a great race in the middle of the race with a guy I'd never seen before, Moz Moroz. Yeah, uh, I'd never heard of the fellow. I'm thinking that's a real name. Is that someone playing? <laughs> anyway, no disrespect intended. We had a great fun time, you know, yeah. and and that's as big a part of it as anything else. And that was the thing you could stick it next to the car safely and know, okay, cool, we're going to hit, but my race isn't going to be over. And with with a skippy, like I would love to see a field of of fifty skippies going around the track, but I'm not the one who's going to sit at three wide going into into uh, MG or something like that just to just to prove a point and have some fun because that's three or four people's car races over. Um, I'm not excited if they end up doing like the the same format as what Aussie the Formula Skip Barbers do. So if it's a fifteen lap race, a fifteen minute race and a thirty minute race, I. The TCRs, you make one mistake and you've lost. You lose five seconds, you lose ten positions, um, and because the cars are so close, you're never getting that back unless you're super quick compared to the people that you've just lost it to, which you shouldn't be in that position anyway. So, I'm not as excited about that. If if he was guaranteeing all fifty to to an hour long or hour and ten minute races, then I'm all over it. But if they're only 15, 20 minute races, then I'm I'm very much less keen. Well, I mean, there's the other, you know, he was talking multi-race format with, um, you know, one pit stop across two races. So there's other stuff to keep it interesting as well. But, yeah, yeah the, the longer race format's probably uh, something worth considering too. Yeah, it all comes down to broadcaster, I guess, at some stage anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's our, what we've been up to, chat. You know, it's only been an hour. We're all good. Um, at least we've got no news to talk about or results to talk about. Oh, hold on. There's some news stuff. Let's go into the news. What have we got to talk about, Brayden? We've got this the, the new season of TCR popularity, which you alluded to before. It's been crazy. Yeah, it was more just a, a basically a th- what people thought about the new schedule. Um, and we kind of touched on the couple of things that I wanted to talk about anyway with the GTEs obviously missing from um, the IMSA, IMSA races now. And, and there's... Uh, They've got the two F three series back again. One being fixed on one hour, and then 
uh, a open one on the other hour. Um, you obviously now got the new Mercedes Formula One cars got its own series. So uh, there's I, a. I like the idea of those series where they had um, the longer races and the shorter races, and um, yeah, the shorter had... races were the fixed what fixed as well. Yeah, and and there's a special. Uh, there's now a year long season, which um, obviously NASCAR's been. It's very popular with NASCAR, and I'd love to do a full season of NASCAR if I had the time. But these are special races that are mimicking the F1 season, and they'll be only on three time slots a week when they're on on those weeks. So I think that's a really good move. Um, I just wish there was more cars you could use in it except for the same one painted car but uh, i said i was i was keen to, to to purchase that car and have a bit of a fun uh, run because it, was, it looked fun but it really i'm not keen if it's not a locked on car but um yeah i think that was a very good move for them what do you reckon tcrs right super popular right today there's now three of them 4600 soft yeah 4600 soft for Braden the other day how long does it last that's my question um, week six, well, week seven. <laughs> they were they were pretty popular, you know. Like I guess a year and a year and a half ago, basically when I first signed up for iRacing uh, and started doing some some race control for Aussie Car um, in the TTC um, series that I was running, they were pretty popular. I don't I don't really know because to be honest, I was so fresh and new. I didn't know that much about strength of fields and. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking at different splits and things like that. But from the grids that I was getting in the TCR or the TTC races, I'm assuming it was relatively popular. Um, and I guess having this is that I think everyone's been screaming for more TCR cars to make, make the class more interesting and exciting. But I just think at the moment we've seen so many new things come out and just die. So it's hard to have any confidence that it's going to stay because Every single time something comes out, a whole heap of people jump on board, and then by the end of the season, you can barely get an official race. So I'd, uh, I'd like to think it's going to stay. Um, I guess the the good thing is they've got the TCR um, series, and they've also got the IMSA Pilot Challenge, which appeals to people as well. So maybe having a couple of different styles of races might help it. But yeah, you just you wouldn't want to be betting money. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I talked about skill ceilings before and open wheelers, obviously you've got the V, then you've got the Skippy, then you go to the F3 where they, they all get harder. So you get that drop off as people go, well, this is not for me because I'm not quick in it anymore. Um, where the bottom ones are, are the learning areas where people go, well, I'm still quick and I, I I'm, it's more forgiving. Um, the TCR fits that gap in the, the, the tin tops where you've got the MX-5, cool, then you sort of have to jump to the, I guess, the GT4s, but really there's not much market there. You're really jumping to the GT3s. There's a huge jump there. Um, There's a huge gap there, sorry. So GT3s still hugely popular. The TCRs should theoretically be more popular than the GT3s because more people can get access to it and still feel like they're competitive and they still feel like they're they're on pace so they're having fun rather than jumping up straight to the GT3s from the 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 MX5s and going well <laughs> what am I doing with my life um 
and, and quickly going, well, this isn't for me. And, and, and then it, it, it slowly filters up to the GT3. So more people make their way through to GT3 because they've got that stepping stone. So I think it should keep its popularity. It'll just depend on how much TCR is pumping in the background to make sure that um, iRacing is making sure that it is popular, I guess. So any thoughts, Michaela? Yeah, time will tell. I mean, I, I haven't got a lot of skin in that game, so I'm not. I'm not in a hurry to go out and race them. I bought my first TCR to do the the race at Phillip Island the other night. So whether or not I drag it out again is another another story. But um, yeah, look, I hope it is exactly that. I hope it is something that people grow into out of an MX5 or out of a GT4. Um, the the GT3 is a, has always been sort of a bit of a monster in terms of the the scale of the fields, the the competitiveness and closeness of the racing, uh, and the style of racing as well. So, you know, maybe if it opens up doors and gets more bums on seats, and you know, whatever that is, I'm all for it. How long it lasts? Well, obviously, it's already probably lasted longer than the the Nissan and the Audi. Uh, the the old school ones and um, but uh, yeah, look, I hope for the sake of pe- people racing that it lasts for a long time. Yeah, I think we we skipped over the fact that the Audi had a fair bit of a remake too, so it almost feels like a new car. So you you've actually got three fun new cars to drive, which as you talked about a couple of episodes ago, value to each person is different. But you know, I I feel like you've probably already got your value out of that purchase already and I, I feel like i've already got that value out of that purchase is ready already as well so yeah if i get a couple more league races out of it whether it be an aussie car or other fun nights and you know i'm okay yeah. funnily enough cool. i bought the honda to do the race in um that's what <laughs> i drove Audi. on that's what i drove on the the friday night um i'm pretty sure in yes the, it was yeah and then woke up on Saturday. I had the Audi purchased because um, I did race control with um, Aussie Car, and I thought, oh, Tim was pretty fast in that. He seemed to think it was, you know, pretty good to drive. So I thought I'd do some laps around uh, Phillip Island and that, and instantly felt so much better than the Honda to drive around Phillip Island. And I don't know if it was just my driving style or or what it was, but you know, my third lap in the car, I did the same best lap that I did Friday night in. The Audi in the Honda and replicated it in the Audi, so ended up doing a lap that was about four or five tenths faster. So it was um it was interesting to note the difference, and I'm sure that'll be different on different tracks. I'm sure there'll be tracks yep. where the Honda's better, um, and I'm sure there'll be I'm sure if I jump back into the Honda even after driving a few more laps with the Audi and understanding how the TCR car works a little bit more, I think maybe I'll be better. But it was just really interesting. It felt so much easier to drive. Yeah, I think that the, the upside of the TCR is that the three cars feel very different. Like you, you talked about it in After Friday Night where you were taking one turn in first gear in the Honda and Tim was taking the same turn in third gear in the Audi. And look, you were probably what you lo- you losing a few tenths on him, but it was not like you were you were slowing right down to first gear and and he was going way quicker in third. It was just that's how the cars are to drive. And and I noticed that jumping from the Elantra to the Audi to the uh, Honda, like the Honda's gearing is very different to the to the Elantra, where consistently I'm going through corners one gear higher than what I would go through in the in the Honda. The killer for the Honda is the suspension package. Whatever they've done in there is not right. Um, otherwise, it's a terrible car. Um, it, it'll be great in a flat track, um, and and I think I've, it's been proven that it's definitely got better acceleration 
Uh, actually, no, the Audi's got the best acceleration, but the, it's got the better top speed. It's got the the better handling as far as um, high speed corners. I think it was. It's just as soon as it hits any kind of a bump, it gets launched and you can't control it. So definitely don't take it around Knock Hill. But it's good to see that there is three cars in that series that all have their strengths and weaknesses and, and can suit. Like I went in the Elantra, even though I got told the Audi was quicker and it was proven that the Audi was quicker, but I felt better in the Elantra around Phillip Island because it was just better with my gearing um, and, and just felt nice. And, and the braking's very different too. Like you like you said, McKellie, you're, you're talking about 50 metre mark for turn four and I definitely had to use the 100 and 120 metre mark. And then towards the end of the race, I was definitely using about 130, 140 metre mark to pull it up. So... Um, very, very different cars, which is good. But let's go on to where Mikel is going next, which is his fully funded F4 drive that he's going to win. <laughs> no, not me, but geez, what an offer that is, eh? Win a competition, yeah, get a fully get a fully funded drive, eh? Braden, you found that one, didn't you? Yeah, so um, British Formula 4 Championship basically have announced a, a program, I think they're calling it their Race Star Program, um, that's going to give uh, one boy and one girl a fully funded Formula 4 drive for the 2023 season as top prize in um, an esports competition that they're going to be running. Um, couldn't quite find what the competition is going to be, but I'm pretty sure it's through iRacing. Mm, or no, I thought no, it it's through uh, race, it's room. So race Room. Race Room. Um, yeah, Race yeah. Room. That's right. Yeah, so, you know, pretty, pretty cool. And I just thought it would be. Uh, nice to touch on, and I suppose anything where we're getting that crossover between sim sim world and and real world is um is good, and I uh, I guess these different series and and different companies are starting to see that you know there's going to be some talent uh, on the sim, and they might not be discovered through no fault of their own, um, based on the fact that maybe they don't have the funds to to go racing in the real world, um, but you know giving these people these opportunities you never know you might uncover um you know a hidden talent i think it was ira that always says that the fastest racing car driver never drove a racing car and it might be you yeah. know because they you know don't have access to those kind of things and we know that racing is a pretty exclusive sport so um any any time there's these opportunities i think it's really cool imagine yeah. how much that prize is worth a yeah. fully funded seat in an f4 series like just amazing now all they got to do is make one big enough for me to fit in, and I'm there. <laughs> be dedicated um, all of the time to uh, to the. I'll be I'll be there in a heartbeat. I'd love it. It'd be awesome. I just there's no way I'm fitting in one of those things. <laughs> so I've just got an update too. I, I noticed the other day we had uh, Grace Howard on the podcast months back. Actually, she was in the uh, the female uh, F1 series that the, the show that they were trying to get going. Um, or not going that, that they were doing. Uh, the women of women of racing or whatever it was but um she had her assessment first assessment so they do an assessment in the local area um and they, they they assess them on that and then they pick them to go to the next stage and uh 6th of december she had her first assessment she's pretty um excited with how it went uh simmons plains you got to race um a car around there uh at fast speeds which is always good fun so um, or looking like she's doing some fitness tests and stuff like that along with it as well. So um, well done to Grace, and I hope you get through to the next level. Uh, she's apparently a couple of weeks, they said. So we've, we're one week since that's happened. So in the next couple of weeks, we should get a, a result if she gets to the next level, which is really cool. Yeah, let's nice. Let's get 
on to a PSA for all you iRacing members out there. They're doing manuals, user manuals for different car classes now, Braden. I, I see you found as well. So you own the stock cars now? Is that what you, you're getting into? Yeah, well, I had to read through them. Um, Alex posted that in our little chat uh, the oh, other day. Alex. It was. Um, but yeah, some, some pretty in-depth information about a lot of different cars. Um, obviously, not all of the cars yet, but... Did they uh, get you, Michaela, to write the Skippy one? Or, or they get you to write the Skippy one? <laughs> well, the no, there isn't. Like, so, you know, as Brian's saying, they're, they're like full-on car manuals. They've got, you know, all about different features and all the rest. I went hunting for um, how to start a bloody TCR thing off the line, right? Yep. And, and I couldn't find anything. And I've plugged and I've been really pleased with when I've reached out to iRacing for support and I've asked them questions and stuff. This is the first time I'm going to say they let me down because <laughs> I, I, I used the little chat bubble and I said, look, I'm happy to RTFM. I'm happy to go grab the manual and read. Oh, look, I found these manuals. They're great. But there's nothing here that tells me how to start the TCR with the, the rev thing and the what's now, the name. Now, what right? TCR did you drive? Did you drive the Audi? Yeah, no. I had the uh, I, I had the Hyundai only because my uh, I had to buy one and my daughter's, uh, my eldest daughter's got a little Hyundai. So, so I thought, now yeah. If you had have gone to the garage and in the notes section, at the bottom, there is an explanation on how to start said Hyundai. I, I just... I couldn't find it. So obviously, <laughs> I, I've got some work to do on my googling skills, right? As much as anything else. Yeah, but Google, it's in the game. Well, there you go. But <laughs> and and now since then, AJ's found a little video that someone's put up. But the iRacing support, they wrote back to me and they said, "Yeah, thanks for your inquiry. You know, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> how about you go post on the forum so other people can answer and and find out?" And I thought, uh, and other people will share that information. I'm just like, please, really. You're going to release Do you something. Not know who I am? Yeah, no, it's not even. It's not even that. It was the fact that. Hang on, you're going to put this thing out with no guidance. But anyway, apparently there was. I'm just too stupid to find it. But yeah, oh, I was stunned. Basically, they didn't even point me at the, that material that you're talking about. They just said, "Yeah, go post on the forum. Someone else will tell you." I'm thinking, how do they know? I'm in the same part. I've been looking. It was, anyway, it was super interesting because I'm sitting there basically qualifying and starting, and I'm like. How do I map the handbrake? What what's the handbrake? Which one do I map it to? And everyone's like, "What do you need the handbrake for?" But you do need the handbrake to start the Elantra uh, and the Honda as well. So to start it properly, because you got to have the handbrake on, then you've got to have the foot on the clutch, then you've got to get there's an actual meter on the Elantra anyway that that tells you your throttle, and you got to map a, a, a rev amount for your throttle, uh, for your starting throttle. You you you, uh, and then this is a you TCR or a spaceship. There's a process, right? There's a process, right? I just well, want to see it. At least in the Elantra, they actually give you notes of what to do because there's nothing in the Honda's notes except telling you about uh, what to do with your tyre pressures if you put more fuel in or something. I'm like, well, that's real great. <laughs> but yeah, apparently the Audi was just put your foot down and hope for the best. But um, <laughs> it's a huge process and you got to get the... There's two bars, you get your throttle at the right, you got to be in between those two bars, it goes green, but then you've got to basically gear up. Like that was my problem, I put foot down too fast on the start and first gear and she just spun and she just kept on spinning. I was supposed to gradually put it down and then go to second yeah. gear and third gear. Who knew, right? So quick finishing Definitely off. Definitely no the, Nah, finishing <laughs> off public service announcements. One. I practice my starts too uh, at Phillip Island and tip for young players. If you're starting in the pits, 
you start on concrete, you practice starting on the tarmac just next to it, just saying, all right? So second thing is these manuals are actually really, really good. Like if you search for user manuals, uh, I think it's iracing.com forward slash resources forward slash user, um, what's the minus hyphen. sign? Hyphen manuals, user hyphen manuals. They're all and there's hey, there's all the GT3s. There's for uh, yeah, the GT3s. The, there's some street stocks. Um, okay, uh, some NASCARs and the trucks, and uh, they've got a Porsche GT3 in there. They got some. They got a dirt oval car, the Northeast dirt modifieds. Anyway, they got they got the LMP2. Like that's going to be a novel in of itself, right? Plus the Delara, you know that fantasy F1 car style of thing that they made, and a shock tuning guide as well, like a shock absorber tuning guide. And they're fairly comprehensive. And my, if I had to have one criticism of it, I'm thinking, where's the rest of the catalogue? Where are the rest of the cars? Although I imagine some of these would have taken a fair bit to produce. So go check them out. Um, they, they look pretty good. Yeah, for example, the LMP2 one's 25 pages. So it's <laughs> definitely some light reading. <laughs> but it, I brushed my eyes over the LMP2 one. Um, and yeah, there's heaps, heaps of interesting stuff in there that I just wouldn't have known if I didn't go uh, go and have a read. So I will have to try and actually have a bit more of a read through it um, in a bit more depth when I get get a spare moment. Excellent. Now let's move on to the special events calendar, which we talked about before, and I've just opened it up. I'm looking at January 14th to 16th, the iRacing Raw. Is that a new thing? Because it's MX5, Touring, and GT4. It sounds fascinating. Is it the uh, rule they, before the 24? It is the weekend be. before, so yeah. It, it is the weekend be. before. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's definitely new because I don't think they did that last year. No, no, the, the rule before the 24 is something they've done before. I think they've just done it with different cars. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. So I'm assuming that's probably at Daytona? Yeah, typically that's the, yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's not a team event um, as well, so... I was trying to find a length for it, but it's got nothing in there. But look, that sounds interesting. GT4, Touring, and MX5. That's a combination you just don't see in a multi-class race anywhere. Um, a little bit of an entry-level thing for MX5 rookies out there. Um, wanted to have a bit of fun. Um, but yeah, then Daytona 24, which is something we are aiming for uh, this this or next year, uh, this season. Basically. How quickly has that come up just quietly? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like a month away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 21st, 23rd for that. Daytona 500, which is something that I'm definitely interested in, but I might be racing it. See, a lot of these things I think the 24 will do in iRacing. I think the Daytona I might do with Anne's car um, rather than in official. But you might, maybe if I, I don't, I'm not going to find time in my life to do both. But um, <laughs> the Bathurst 12 hour is something that we're talking about doing with someone else rather than the official iRacing um, for GT3s on the 25th to 27th. The Sebring Can I just point out there. before you go on to Sebring, the Bathurst 12 hour, I love watching uh, Matt Malone does that solo every year. And he, he, he had an alternate account, it was Matt Alone. Instead of Matt Malone. But, <laughs> and, he, and can I tell you, he's actually won it twice, but because he does it on his own, he gets disqualified. disqualified. Yeah. So, I anyway, think, it's, it's a bit of fun. I think Super GT might have done the same thing one year yeah. um, as well. And yeah, just, I don't even know how. I wouldn't, even if I just sat in my rig for 12 hours, I, I wouldn't be getting out of there. For, you'd need a crane to peel me yeah. out or something. Yeah. Because yeah but. 
You know, it adds an extra element to the pit stops when they're genuine pit stops. You've got to go to the toilet or whatever, you know, he's running away. <laughs> no, but yeah. good on him. It's a bit of fun. You're probably hoping, yeah, for, uh, hoping for some optional um, repairs at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, Sebring 12-hour, which is no one likes that, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the, the, the ring, the 24-hour ring, who's doing that? Anyone interested? Maybe nah. in a TCR, you might get me out there in a TCR. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got the the uh, four yeah, hour TCR, races they do. Yeah, well, they got the four regular four hour races they do there at Nurburgring. I'm assuming with they'll have the TCRs in there as well, although they typically tend to be German manufacturers only, so the Audi will be there, of course. Um, but my view on Nurburgring is a great track to hot lap, terrible to race. It's always been my view. I guess in a 24-hour race, though, you're kind of not really racing anyone. You're kind of just racing the track, aren't you? You just yeah. yeah. It's drive, oh, but again, it's a literal drive to survive. <laughs> drive, drive the fastest car. That's the other recommendation. Because can you imagine driving an MX-5 with I don't know LMPs or something going around? Oh, nah, it's, it's it's GT3, Porsche Cup, GT4, and Touring. So it's a very interesting mix there. I don't mind that chucking the Porsche Cup car in there as well. So. Um, yeah. The fixed Indy 500 and the Indy 500, the Coke 600, uh, Watkins Glen six hours back once again, Spa 24, which is one I think we might aim for in July, uh, the Knoxville Nationals for the Dirt Boys, Bristol, uh, Bathurst 1000 is back again in September, 16 to 18 yet again, the Petit Le Mans, which we were in in October, uh, the Crandon Championship, NASCAR Finale Phoenix, I assume that is. Suzuka 10-hour, which we skipped this year. Winter Derby and the Chili Bowl. For all those fans out there, that's the special calendar for iRacing for this year. Um, we have to do a one of those liveries with locked on down one side and top split down the other for when we do one together. <laughs> yeah, we did, we used to, we've done a couple of joint Milo top split events uh, in the I past. Milo, they spin the <laughs> yeah, it's half the fun though. We're recovering from a Milo spin. Mind <laughs> you, oh, I've done my fair share of that as well. <laughs> um, I guess the last bit of news we need to talk about is we've, we've crowned a new world drivers champion in Max Verstappen in very uncontroversial circumstances. Just a normal season again. Just the standard old things happened in they Braden. It was nuts, wasn't it? I know um, last time we spoke, Alex hadn't quite watched the race from the week before in, was it Qatar or what? No, is that where it was? No, no uh, it was. yeah, I think it was, yeah. Wherever it was, and I remember saying, like, you just watch. It, it, it It's nuts. And who would have thought that that race could be outshone by, by anything? Um, but <laughs> Abu Dhabi certainly um, didn't disappoint, you know? So, uh I'm, we could talk for hours about the controversial stuff. I don't. Really, I think it's been probably done to dead death over the last week or so. But I kind of feel like the best driver from the season won in the end. So as controversial as it may be, I don't mind. Um, maybe it doesn't help that I'm not a big Hamilton fan anyway. So that probably maybe has some bias towards it. But I just feel like, um, you know, you, you look back at some of the things and I know you could say this about everyone, but, you know, Baku, Max's tyre blows when he's comfortably winning the race. Um, Hungaro ring where Valtteri Bottas goes 10-pin bowling. You know, there's a couple of things through no fault of Max's and people were sort of saying like, oh, you know, if he just didn't turn in on Hamilton at Silverstone, well, yeah, but what about all these other things that weren't even his fault? Um I saw a little post someone put up on Twitter. I think it was like he won the most races. He had the most yeah. polls. He led the most laps. He 
had the most fastest laps. Like I feel like he was the deserving winner of the season. Um, it was just a very interesting way for it to end up, I suppose. Um, shout out to Checo Perez. That was probably some of the most Amazing. fun Formula One racing I have ever seen in my life. And I was talking to Alex before the um, before we got started. And I was just saying, you know, if you ever are an iRacer out there and you want to know the reason why you don't want to be battling with someone for no reason, Max Verstappen <laughs> makes seven seconds on Hamilton in a lap and a half because him and Checo are having to battle, you know, side by side, corner corner through corner. You know, so when, when someone's getting frustrated because you're battling and you're losing the guys ahead or you're letting the guys behind catch up, think back to that moment because that's exactly what happens. Yeah, amazing stuff. A um, couple of things. Speaking of meme, or well, not even a meme, right? I saw a thing again on, on the interwebs today. It had Max Verstappen on one half of it with a number of laps that he led and on the other half was everyone else, literally, that had led a lap and he'd still led more, yeah. right? So decent effort. Question for you. The first overtake where Max, I know he didn't want to talk controversy, but Max makes the, the biggest dive I think I've ever seen, but makes the corner and and Hamilton cuts across and they let him keep the spot. Thoughts? I, at first, I kind of was like, well, he's got to give that back. That's what, that's what, that's what they've done. You know, they did it at, um, uh, the previous Re- week, yeah, the, the week had to do what five, sixteen thousand times. <laughs> yeah, did it? Like... um, and it was funny because I was like, "Oh, well, this is just rigged, isn't it?" <laughs> and it turns out, kind of go ended up going the other way. But um, you know, he, he made the corner just <laughs> like he was only just, and he did kind of force him off. So I was kind of okay with him keeping the position. What I wasn't okay with was the fact that they said that he gave back the advantage that he gained, which he definitely did not. He was well further ahead. The rule is gain no long-term advantage. Please, over the long term, he was gone. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even if he came back to him and then took off again, you know, the the long-term advantage he gained was the fact that he had track position and his car was faster. So, yeah. I I wouldn't have, I would have been happy if they let him get the position back. I kind of in the end didn't mind that they didn't. The thing that annoyed me was they didn't make him drop back into DRS at the very least um and come back to the what four tenths or five tenths or whatever it was and um because you know from that moment it was like well the race is over now <laughs> like he's too fast you, you're not catching oh, yeah i was thinking about how do you judge it is so they were obviously taking it from before the corner but when the yeah. thing happened it was they were side by side how do you do, anyway but yeah, I, I saw an interesting analysis on it too and it's a it's a game of ifs and what's what ifs basically right if there is not tarmac on the outside of that track but there's gravel does hamilton go that deep Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, so. that's, and that's where I know there's, you know, safety protocols and stuff like that, but it happens in iRacing as well. I can't stand, even though sometimes it catches me out, but I really, I hate runoff areas that are, are um, concrete or, you know, are tarmac. Like there's no there's no punishment for making a, a mistake. You know, in iRacing you get slowdowns, I suppose. So here and there maybe you do get punished in a sense, but I just think, I just think bring back the gravel trap. Bring yeah, well, and, and the thing is there, right, um, in theory, the F1 drivers get slowdowns and stuff as well, as we saw the previous week somewhat. Oh, you'd almost say comically, right, if it wasn't that tragic. <laughs> um, 
But I guess the other thing on reflection over the season is, and I, I, I was thinking about this before in the context of watching, say, the, the rugby league or something like that, and the commentary when it's all about the referees rather yeah. than the players, right? So this season for me, my one reflection is there's been too much talk about the stewarding, too much talk about the rules. It's always the thing in F1 because they're always pushing the rules to the limit. Same thing in rugby league. You look at the Melbourne Storm. I'm not a massive rugby league fan, uh, fan right, but I watch it as an interested observer. Um, the Melbourne Storm and Craig Bellamy have really pushed the absolute limits. And I would, I reckon you couldn't call, if they had a rule book and they named it, you know, the Craig Bellamy rule, like you, you couldn't just name one. There'd have to be 15 of them in there. He's just pushed it so far, right? But when it comes to this season in F1, there's, there's been too much talk about rules and, and, and particularly stewarding and discretion in stewarding and, um, you know, just too many interpretations and no one confident of the same situation happening with the same outcome when it comes to officiating. So that would be my one criticism out of it. But what it led to on track as a package and, and what you're trying to sell to the fans, holy cow, you know, the one of the greatest battles we've seen between two drivers, one with a seven-time champion or whatever and and with a, with a really the strongest car versus the guy with probably the second strongest car, it was it was kind of a step behind for the most part, but in my view, probably the best driver. And what what an entertaining season and what an entertaining battle it was. I think for me as well, this is probably the first Formula One season I've actually got back into since getting into sim racing and um, you know having this as the as the uh, crescendo has been like oh, I'm really glad this is the season I've really got back into it and followed um you know week to week and and really watched every race the other thing like you're talking quickly about the stewarding and stuff it it was all set set um the precedents were set from the start of the year as well like we we knew it was going to be inconsistent when at red bull ring they handed out all those penalties that they didn't hand out last year like alex albon getting taken off the track by hamilton and then this year i think it was lando norris and carl leclerc or someone um, did the basically the identical thing and cop time penalties. So it, it was, it was just one of those things where you're like, well, when you look back, the inconsistency started from from race one, and then they carried on all the way through. So I, I go, I'll quickly put my last. I didn't really watch this season at all, um, just time, honestly. But going back to the NRL analogy, I think that's when I, I was a big NRL fan and then I became not such a big NRL fan and it was that point where the refereeing got more chat than the players themselves on the field got more... got got. So um, it's a very similar thing where, you know, when when the, the story out of everything is the referee or the stewards, it just takes away from the good play and, and you just get to make you frustrated every time you watch it. But... What I really want to hear is just quickly what happens between the Verstappen and Hamilton um, conflict next year. Is this the point where Max just takes off and, and Hamilton, are, are they crossing? And this is the one year we get where they're really solidly consistently battling or is, uh, and next year we see them go apart again or do we see this for like three or four years? I think uh, anyone who tries to tell you they know the answer to that is lying like we there's too many variables with the new car and like for me i think um 
like I think the engine sort of push has been paused, so they should have basically the same engines or at least same power of engines or, or, or whatnot is my understanding. Um, but if those cars are, you know, brought back to the field a little bit, you know, I think there's people like Carlos Sainz drove an incredible season this season in a Ferrari that at the start of the year was next to useless. Um, and they've sort of really built up their engine package throughout the season and to have a pretty competitive car, you know, he finishes on the podium. I wouldn't be surprised to see if the cars do come back closer together and it's a little bit less about the car. I think he's an incredible driver who I would be surprised pushing for, you know, race wins and, and consistent podiums, in my opinion. Yeah, Norris, you know, the same sort of st- story. I mean, uh, I feel like McLaren were a bit hit and miss in terms of some, obviously some tracks they were amazing and other tracks they just kind of weren't even in it. So, uh, but in answer to your question, Wilco, um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, there's a few things to think about there. Has Hamilton still got the, the hunger that he had before, right? Um, it, I'd argue that someone like Vettel, for example, probably doesn't have the same hunger that he did when he was racing at Red Bull and he's there as a – you look at some of the outside things that he's doing, which I think are quite amazing. He put on a karting experience for, for women in Abu Dhabi, I think it was, um, during the week or in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, he's he's pushing for a lot of outside stuff and he comes across as a really nice guy, whereas when he was at the peak of his bowels, he was, you know, all about aggressive racing and all the rest of it, a bit not to the same extent as Verstappen perhaps, but um, I might call Verstappen the Craig Bellamy of F1 at this point, um, pushing the limits on everything. But um, the question, does Hamilton come back even hungrier now that he's been, you know, now that the, the streak's been busted? Um but yeah, again, a lot of it will come down to the cars. If 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 they're in an equal car, I think at the moment on form, you'd say Verstappen wins. But um, it depends on what Hamilton does in the off season, or short as it might be. And how as exciting as that? Come off the most exciting F one season in forever, um, and we're straight back into it in a month or two. And what we do need is uh, drive to survive to hurry up and get their editing boots on because that is going to be one heck of a series. Oh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> Okay, so let's move into the news. Uh, the results, sorry, that's how tired I am. Uh, the results uh, for, for the last week, there's only two really to go through, so we won't be too long on that. We've talked about most of them already anyway. Uh, so lockedonlads.com slash Discord, go check it out. That's where you're going to get all the banter and all the chats and all the fun stuff that's going on. Uh, all my drone photos as well, so go in, pop that out. But let's get into the results. We start with the Tin Top Cup, which we talked about before. Uh, young Young guy... Apparently, it's going to be pretty quick one day. Madison Down wins the race. Uh, so, well done, Madison, uh, on, a, on a very you know, very close finish. I still haven't watched the broadcast yet. That's how little time I had. But um, beats Jack, Jake Maloney home by 0.249 of a second. Uh, then Riley Preston, uh, six seconds further back down the field. Another young gun, Thomas Hins, uh, battling it out for Riley, just missing out on the podium there. Joshua Anderson in fifth, Marty Turner in sixth, Kobe Williams in seventh, Scott Hasler in eighth, Caleb Hydes in ninth, that's where Braden should have been, and Stuart Crawford sneaks into the top ten, driving his Honda uh, really well. So I think we had the four or five of, of, of the, of, sorry, all of, all of dealers' cars, all different manufacturers' cars, sorry, were in the top four or five, uh, I think he threw out there, which was really good. Um there's some big movers. We don't have that kind of a spreadsheet tonight to go on. But Brayden, anyone that anything that jumps out at you there that I've missed? 
Yeah, so Thomas Hins made a pretty big um, gain, 15th up to 4th. Uh, Marty Turner, 17th up to 6th. Uh, Scott Hasler was 21st up to 8th. Um, Stuart Crawford, Stuart 27th Crawford, up yeah. to 10th. And Alex McKellar, 29th up to 17th, <laughs> if you don't mind. That. Nah, that's it. Hey, you can't go past Tim Corn either, right? Uh, finished 11th in that field. Yeah, well that, that's a solid drive. Was sitting Definitely in fourth up. until I took him out by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'll quickly mention Callum Heinrich as well, locked on racer. Started 45th, like I said, the, the spot behind me on the grid. Uh, got himself up to 34th, which he was mighty impressed with. At, at one stage, was battling around the top 20 uh, before he made a few few little mistakes himself. I think he went off corner two with me in, in sympathy a few times. Um, but, yeah, no, very good. Very good race for him. And and um, if I wasn't so dirty on AJ passing me in the second last lap, I'd say well done on finishing inside the top 15. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, so it was a good fun night. Um, you know, 37 of the 47 cars on the lead lap, thanks to, to one safety car, but uh, two safety cars. But, you know, still that's a, that's a pretty good effort. And like you said, not many issues with racing standards. We had one, one definite one, which got penalized on track but otherwise well done all so we then move into the f3 race uh from aussie car as well which saw the return of the marsh are they brothers adam and matthew i know matthew's a name we'd like to see return anyway so good to see him back um there's few others in there young james chastanoff not having the best in the feature got spun on at turn one uh, people like Matthew Harriet, uh, Peter Bowling, Darren Lasso, John Snell, uh, Jamie Willits, all from um, uh, Aussie Car Formula Skip Barber fame. So good to see them racing around. Uh, young Sean Doyle did a really good night. His um, mum cheered him on pretty heavily in, in chat. So uh, Do- uh, Mama Doyle, well done for, for doing that. But uh, definitely Heat 1 went to Cameron Dance and Alex McKellar sneaks into second. Well done. Sebastian Vandell in third. Uh, James Chastanoff, really good race in fourth. David Baz, fifth. Uh, and Braden Segeza in sixth. Imposter. Marsh, seventh. Yes. Um, Nathan Verney in eighth. Sheldon Hart in ninth. Scott Harvey rounding out the top ten. Daniel Snubs up 24 places. Uh, sorry, 24th up to 14th, up 10 places. Um, Sheldon 15th up to ninth. Uh, but the big ones were Matt Marsh and Braden there, uh, 23 and 20th uh, up to 6th and 7th, respectively, as we called them out. Can I um, give a quick shout-out to Michael Yip as well for chucking it on pole ahead of Cameron Dance. Pretty impressive. 4,000th mm. of a second, so pretty tight. He was going um, pretty well to him and Baz, I think, got together right towards the end, gifting uh, Alex a... a not only a podium, but a second place. Yeah, thank you, gents. That was much appreciated. But um, in all honesty, uh, I think you've had the pace on the night of the field. Uh, and David Baz, I've seen uh, in open wheeler formats before, and he's very, very strong. So uh, actually in the second race, uh, he was the one I was nose-to-nose with on the outside, if I'm not mistaken. So he came back, and when I saw him coming up behind me, I just said, you, you go for it, champ. And he ended up from, you know, I was in 19th. He would have been at least. 20th and as you'll see from the results coming up he did all right yeah definitely on to race two Cameron Dance uh, ahead of Braden Segeza is that how it goes that's good enough uh Cameron Dance 10th obviously started with a reverse grid up to first really good job 
Braden fifth to second. Uh, Fernie, as you mentioned before, third to third. Really good job that. And and like I said, had the pace on Cameron for a while there. Uh, was actually opening the gap up at the front. So very good job. Baz, uh, sixth to fourth. Matt, Matt Marsh dropped a few positions, but um, looked good. McKellar gained a few positions and looked averaged. Uh, Sean Doyle, 22 uh, up to seventh. What a race. What a drive he had. Um, Blake Urquhart, uh, 16th up to eighth. And uh, Kirk Broadhurst, 11th up to ninth. And then Adam Marsh rounding out the 10, 21st position he started. Really good job there. That's where the big movers really were. Ira Felberg. Uh, the legend himself, 17th down there, just behind Jeremy Bush and James Chastanoff. Michael Yip, uh, 14th, was where some of the the other big names that we hear about, that we talked about before or we know, uh, finished up. So, well hey, One thing I forgot to mention, um, yes. had a really good battle with Sean Doyle towards the end there, um, and he, he, he was holding the gap, and I was really sort of thinking, okay, I need to push to try and catch him. Made one little mistake, and I think that we talked about tyres before. I think that mistake was enough to to let me buy, much to the chagrin of Mama Doyle in the chat. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. So I'm not going to ask for any thoughts on that because we did talk about it before. So that is the results from this week. We are getting awfully quiet on results, and uh, next week I hopefully we don't have any results to talk about. Uh, did I keep you from the race tonight, Keller, or were you never planning on racing tonight? No, it's tomorrow, tomorrow isn't it? Tomorrow. Isn't it tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. F three might tomorrow. Here we go. Have no idea what day of the week it is, to be honest. Um. Anyway, let's round this out, Braden, mate. Where can people find you? What are your planned? Yeah, well, I'm about to go record a YouTube video uh, from the Skippy race from tonight, so you can see that on YouTube uh, at the One D Wade. Uh, been streaming a little bit here and there. Done a couple over the last few days. So that's at twitch.tv slash the one d way. And if you want to hear me probably talking about the Ashes at the moment, go Aussies, 1-0 up. Big win in, in uh, up at the Gabba. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Braden Talks. That no one saw because it's so hot in fucking in Queensland. Um, <laughs> Miguela, mate, where can people find you? What do you got planned? <laughs> Well, uh, I think I mentioned last week we're having a break from SNL probably till the uh, first couple of weeks of January, uh, so it'll be an abbreviated season. So we're having that time off. So check us out. Uh, we're just we'll probably hopefully uh, be in the F three race tomorrow night, um, uh, which is on Sim Speed, of course. Uh, and that's probably about it. But thank you to you guys. I know we've we've changed times because it was my daughter's birthday yesterday, and I appreciate the the opportunity. You know, this, this is a good fun night for us as well, so it's great that we're able to do it. I know it's been a rough week, um, but uh, certainly enjoy this. So back here at some stage as well. Okay, cool. We might have to talk to the, the doctor himself to get him on next week, uh, have a bit of a, a four-person chat to round out the season because it is just going to be fun stuff next week. No, nothing majorly important except for Ira. We will have Ira on to talk about TCR. Um, but other than that, it's just it's not it's going to be very laid back. So, uh, we we might get the good doctor himself on or something like that. But you can find me nowhere at the moment because I am uh, working too hard. Uh, but if you do happen to see me, I'll probably be on the Locked On Lads Facebook or Locked On Lads Twitch channels. Uh, no races planned at this stage. Last time I planned a race, my world caved in, so I'm not doing that for a while. And I think we're so. Yeah, Facebook, Locked On Lads, lockedonlads.com slash Discord is the place to find the Discord and have chat with fun people. Uh, other than that, look, cool. Thank you, everyone, for a great 
2021 season one, oh, sorry, two, three, and four. So we've done three full seasons with you guys now. And thank you, Michaela, for joining us later on in that and making it a far better quality podcast. Um, oh, you give me too much credit, mate. <laughs> no, he's 100% did. So, um, and yeah, look, we're, we're, we're knocking on the door of 2022. I had big things planned. I don't think we'll change much between now and then. We'll hopefully get some stuff happening sometime in the new year. Um, but thank you, everyone, who's been listening. And let's enjoy one more week. Uh, next week so get your questions in if you're not haven't done it hit us up on any of those places i talked about before but definitely the discord i'll i'll put a message in there soon to get everyone up there but thank you everyone for a great week we'll catch you guys next week and good luck and have fun see ya